Hello and welcome to another Marketing Meetup podcast. Today we've got Kirsty Smith talking about selling on social media. It's uh, As marketers, we often need to sell our products and services uh, on social media, but nobody really wants to be sold to. So how do you go about doing it? Well, Kirsty brings not only actionable frameworks that you can use, but a, a real example of how she's helped her own agency grow through social media and brands that she's worked with. She's absolutely full of knowledge and uh, has a million and one things that she wants to get across. Um, and so I think, you know, if you are looking to sell things through social media, then this will be a really useful talk for you. Um, before we get going, I really wanted to say a massive thank you to our featured sponsor today, which is Storyblock. Um, so Storyblock, uh, there was a there was a little uh, example of how Storyblock's headless CMS um, makes kind of the WordPresses of the world look a bit archaic. Um, and it was the example of Oatly uh, launching uh, loads and loads of sites across lots of different um I think it was something like 16 websites in two months. Um, and, you know, I think Joe and I are really quite proud of uh, of being, you know, partners with Storyblock because the products that they're offering uh, just looks fantastic. So, um, so do go and check them out. Um, but also, you know, go and check out our other sponsors, Impression, Redgate, Cambridge Marketing College, Brand Recruitment. Uh, they're all wonderful people that allow these, these sessions to happen and, uh, and for you to be able to listen to this podcast right now. Um, but that's enough of me waffling on. Uh, I think you'll hear more for Kirsty and her knowledge. And so uh, I really hope you enjoy. Um, so thank you so much for the introduction and to you and James for inviting me back onto the Marketing Meetup webinar. I really, really appreciate it. And I picked up on something else you said, which is like, I like to give with, I like to give a lot of information. So this is a pre-warning that I am in one of those moods. So I'm going to go through a fair amount today. And I think I will struggle to check the chat as we go. So um, if there is anything that people would like to know more about, then um, we can catch at the end but please uh yeah book yourselves in because uh, there's a lot of slides to go to go through um i also wanted to say when joe first asked me to talk about how to sell on social he said i want you to answer the million dollar question which is how do you sell on social that's what everybody wants to know and i've reflected on this a little bit uh, um and i, I want to say like bear with me on this because the more i thought about it I thought, well, there's two different approaches to selling on, on through social. And I wasn't sure the approach that Jay, um, sorry, Joe wanted me to come at it from, because I sell from a cake agency point of view, we are an e-commerce agency, so we are selling direct to consumer, but also I need to bring on new clients. So I'm selling from a business to business point of view as well. And um I said to him that, or James and I chatted actually, James, didn't we? And you were like, well, I think it could be more important valuable to the people on the web a webinar just to talk from your experience about how you how you sell from a business to business point of view so I'm going to cover both and the more I reflected on it and the more I reflected on that question from Joe about the million dollar question on how to sell I thought you know what the theory isn't too dissimilar for both the D2C and the B2B and you're not going to like the answer but there the the answer is you don't <laughs> 
so I thought I can't come on this webinar and be like, oh, the, the answer is you can't sell because you obviously can. Um, so I'm going to go through tactics, but you, I think we'll get to the end of this and we'll all talk about how um, social media is so much more than that. And the sales will come through it, but there is no magic bullet. So I'm, I'm pre-warning everybody. So this is what we're going to unpack over the next 30 minutes. To start with, um, I thought um, being sociable people and we're here to talk about social media, it'll be awesome to connect. So my LinkedIn is my preferred and I've already sent my link. So please, um, yeah, do connect with me over there. James already mentioned all the different things I do. So depending on what you're interested in, follow me on those channels. But I have put Social Circle um, here to be followed on as well, because like I said, we're here to talk about social media and it's my absolute passion and an event I run. So please follow me over there as well. So I'm only going to give you guys a quick background because I've got a lot to, to unpack in the next 30 minutes. But just to set a little bit of the scene on my, um, my experience and my background, I started off after university. I did a creative degree at university and went into retail around, that was around 20 years ago, believe it or not. And um, around 15 years ago, I moved into uh, marketing side, agency side. So I fused together my love of retail and my love of marketing and creative and moved and worked in an agency, which was just like incredible. I couldn't believe that this was a career that I could have. I started in social media marketing around 10 years ago, and I really felt like it really fused my love of art and science together. But 10 years ago, all we needed to worry about was a 30-day content plan that you'd write for Twitter. It would be on a Word doc, and there might be, you know, a client would sign it off and you'd put your graphics in and share it. And um, it's changed so much since that time, but I've always really tried to innovate through my entire career in social media. And an example I've used here um, for a, a, a leisure retail brand, we should call it, um, we were we were really pushing the boundaries of how those social channels were used um, back, you know, years ago when, when I worked for, for the brand you guys can see on the screen. And we um, wanted to ensure that we weren't just utilizing the platform for a one-way conversation and sharing posts, that we were actually surprising and delighting and listening to conversations and rewarding people for their positive community engagement. So I've worked with some big, um, some big brands. I've worked um, with the brands that I worked with, with this, this company, we were dealing with 10,000 mentions per month on social. So this really changed my opinion of social being that place where you publish content to that place where those conversations were happening. And it was how you utilized that army of fans that you had for good. So that's a little bit about my background. My day-to-day -day now, I'm an agency director at Cake Agency. We support over 15 uh, apparel and fashion and lifestyle brands. Uh, with their social commerce strategy as part of their broader, wider e-commerce strategy. So hence why I've also got experience of selling direct to consumer as well. I would say that um, I, I know a bit, but it's this absolutely incredible team that you see on the screen behind me that are the experts when it comes to direct to consumer social sales. So I will be talking about that um, a little bit, but if there are other things that you want to know about, then I can put you in touch with the right people over at Cake. Uh, outside of work, like James mentioned, I also run Social Circle. Now, this is, I guess you could call it a social selling technique because it's a networking event. But really, at the heart of it, I do it because I just absolutely love chatting about social media and helping people unpack their problems. 
I also know that social media is a bit of a lonely place for a lot of social media managers or lots of companies have one person that does everything in social or a small team. So we did this so we could get together and really have a chat about all those new things that were happening. Um, and it keeps me up to date. So selfishly, it forces me to make sure I know what's going on in the industry. So I run it with these lovely ladies here. I also um, should just mention I teach at BCU as well. And I do that to keep me up to speed with what's going from a um, from a theory point of view and to make sure that I'm sharing some of these great campaigns that I'm working across with the next wave of digital natives that are coming through. So that's a bit about my background to set you some, some context. Um, I just want to reiterate that um, when Joe asked me to speak, I thought, oh, I will talk about D2C because it's what we do from a Kate point of view. But no, I'm actually going to talk about um, more of a B2B selling point of view. So bear with me. I am not a business to business. Uh, I would not say I'm a business to business selling expert, but I'm talking about this from my own experience and some of the theory that we put in place. I'm going to show you exactly exactly how we, we do that. So I'd love to get everybody's feedback. Uh, I also um, took on a new role um, at Cake of looking after a new business a year ago. And I remember having a panicked call with James. I think we had a coffee about like, oh, how do you, how do I, how do you do this? How do you sell? And, and actually we laugh about, we met up for another coffee and we laugh about it now because I'm like, it's exactly what I know. I've been in marketing for 15 years. It's the same theory. You just apply it to your own business. So um, yeah, so maybe I am qualified to talk about it. So I'm going to start off by saying um, I'm going to unpack the difference a little bit between what social commerce and social selling is, because I think there is some confusion even between myself, James and Joe around what these two things were. So I thought this was a really good thing to actually talk about. What is the difference between these two things? And actually, I'm going to prove that there is a slight difference, but the theory behind how you apply them stays the same. But before I come into what they are, I thought I couldn't start this um, webinar and talk about social media without actually just harking back to what social media used to be back in my day when I was creating my 30 day Twitter plans. Um, that was old social media. It used to just be about sharing great content and posting it to the feed. Social media today, and I stand by this, is the hardest job in marketing. It's that mix of art and science. It is community management. You're looking after your customers. You've got to build a community and engage with them. Oh, it's also a huge advertising platform. And there's influencers and creators and earned media opportunities you can work on. It's where we're building our personal brands from a business to business relationship point of view. It is all of those things combined. But actually, when I came back to creating this webinar deck, I thought, at the heart of it, though, it is still old social media. And at the heart of selling on social, it still comes back to sharing that great content. So although as social media marketers and using social media, there's all those things to really consider. We need to make sure um, at its core that content marketing, no matter if it's D2C or B2B, is what social media is there for. The clue is also in the name. It's social media. And it is there for people to socialize. It is not there for people to, um, it is not there for people to sell through. It is there because people have had a hard day at work and they want to have a little scroll through TikTok just to take their mind off it. It is there because they want to stalk their old friends from school to see who's had a baby or whatever's going on. So we need to keep that in mind that it is just another channel that we're using and it is not at heart a sales tool. 
So I'm now going to dig into um, the difference between social commerce and social selling. So social commerce at in its simplest form is social media and online shopping. Social commerce is where a customer goes through the entire journey from discovering, considering, um, considering a, a purchase all the way to the checkout happens right there in the social media platform. They can check out, they can get their delivery notifications. It all happens in that platform. Um, it's not to be ignored. It uh, is absolutely huge. And um, the estimated value of social commerce will reach 2.9 trillion by 2026. This is already here, this is already happening. So all of the key social platforms that are um, mentioned across the bottom here already have the ability to have a shop integrated and you can check out in the platform. So I had to make room for the little Twitter logo when I updated my slides because Twitter has just launched shopping in the US. So a little bit late to the party, but you can already check out through all of these channels. Now, there's so much to go through. I'm not going to go through all of these individually, um, so, but they are worth looking at. And if anybody wants more information about how to do it across those channels, then please let me know. I would say that there is almost like another layer of the future of social commerce and where it's going. And that for me is shopping live. We had a great talk by um, Social Jazz at Social Circle a few, a few months ago. And she, she said, TikTok shopping is like the QVC for Gen Z. And I absolutely loved this. And if um, you're not really familiar with what's happening from a, a social commerce point of view, please go in and have a look at the shops that are there on the social platforms. But that really is the bottom of funnel conversion tactics that are happening. And the activity that is happening from a social commerce across all of these platforms is, um, is absolutely incredible. So social commerce is sometimes confused with social selling, but the key difference is social selling is the process of building relationships to later make a sale. And I think that is really key, that one line, it's the process of building relationships. The sale is not happening through social media, but it's allowing people to start the conversations with a view that the prospect transact offline. And that's why I think social commerce is usually direct consumer and social selling is more of a business to business sales um, approach. But that is the key difference that the relationship is built, but people do not transact actually through the channel itself. One of the core things when we think about social selling is we probably think straight away about LinkedIn. And I, I am going to touch a little bit on LinkedIn later, but I wanted uh, this slide really, really resonated with me because James also asked me this. He was like, oh, are you going to talk about how people just spam you on LinkedIn with messages? And I'm like, no, not really, because that's not what I consider. And James was like, good, because it's annoying. Um, but we are going to talk about LinkedIn a little bit later. But um, there is so much more to social selling than just the, the messaging people. And um, LinkedIn have a social selling index where you if you google linkedin social selling index you can go to a tool and it um it looks at all your linkedin activity and gives you a score now this really resonated with me because none of these metrics say how many messages were sent how many leads were generated or how many sales were closed 
it's all about, as you can see, like establishing your personal brand, are you having the right conversations, are you building the right, right relationships? Um, so I thought even LinkedIn themselves are making sure that they're not rewarding for that activity that I think was, is really starting to irk everybody so much. Social media, this is my final slide talking about the universe of social media because otherwise I just, it would just blow my mind and it's just too much to talk about. It's such a big task. So I'm not, like I said, gonna go into these all the social channels and this is how you sell through them. I think I couldn't do a talk without just touching on how huge it is. 43 billion active social media users worldwide and 21% um, growth between October 19 and October 20, it's just getting bigger and bigger. So I wanted to put this in here for two reasons, to say, yes, it's huge, but also to say, don't get overwhelmed by it. Do not get overwhelmed. And we're gonna come on later to talk about, there's all this happening, but actually you just need to be in the channels that are relevant for you. And remember that um, they're not sales channels. So we need to be looking at where the conversation should be happening and where you're driving people to. And I don't know if Gus is on the call, but thank you to him because he shared this amazing graphic. Um, final slide on theory, or final two slides on theory before I go into tactically how, how you can apply this. But I thought it couldn't be a sales presentation without a sales funnel. And I'm like, everyone's like, oh yeah, sales funnel. But I had to include a sales funnel because social tactics for social selling do cover the entirety of the sales funnel but doesn't mean that you have to do everything on social media but the beauty of social going back to that graphic where there's all that activity and all the different areas of it you can use social media to reach a new audience find people find your audience um target them show them relevant content you know reach a cold audience b2b and d2c you can use social media to help them consider you to share relevant content to engage them be that a video piece of content be that a white paper that you're going to download be that a um a virtual reality trying on tool from a direct consumer point of view there's still ways on social to make that happen conversion like we said will happen it can happen from a social commerce point of view doesn't happen from a social selling point of view but it can happen through social media and the most probably important is the re-engagement piece as well making sure that once you've maybe garnered a new follower through social media or they've purchased from you and they're following you what are you doing to make sure that they don't leak out the bottom of the funnel that you're getting them to come back round so I am sorry I have put a funnel in but I also wanted to put a funnel in to take my next slide which is a, some further theory on social selling, which I wanted to show a breakdown, and this isn't an exhaustive list, but how through your funnel, social media tactics can include paid media activity, so paying for those impressions, owned media activity, so your organic posts, your organic content that you're sharing, and probably the most important, the one we all forget about, is earned media activity. So working with others that have reach, working with um, creators or working with partners or collaborating with people to make sure you're reaching their audience. So if I was going to take away any slide and if I was going to audit or have a look at what my future strategy was from D2C or B2B, I would start by this table or this tool and whiteboarding this. I would have a look at honestly which parts of the funnel are we 
running any activity in and then start to think about well how do we plug that funnel so if you're not doing enough from a paid media point of view can you utilize that to reach more people for instance so it could be used as a bingo scorecard fill it out and then plug the gaps in that funnel so i hope that resonates and i hope that takes your sales funnel and um, sprinkles a bit of extra magic social media dust onto it so okay Theory aside, um, we've looked at what the difference between social selling and social commerce is. We know it's upon us. Um, we know that it can happen through paid, owned and earned tactics. It's sales. There's a funnel. People don't just know about us. We need to help them reach. You know, we need to help them and be aware of us all the way through. I wanted to now like put this in a bit of context because yeah, it's a sales funnel, it's theory, everyone knows that. But um, like I said, when I chatted to James about this, I was like, yeah, I do this. I actually have got a funnel and I've plugged it and it's working and we've got loads of activity and loads of it happens on social. So I'm gonna show you guys now how we put some of that theory into action. Okay. So, if I'm going to show you how to put this in action, I thought I'm going to do two slides just to let you know what I do, what I've got to sell. So at Cake, um, as, as I mentioned, we support e-commerce brands with branding, strategy, creative, websites, apps, and marketing services. So this is, these are the services that I'm selling. Oh, there's loads I could sell. So here's an overview of some stuff that we could sell. So am I trying to sell SEO services? Is there a new client that needs a new website? Or do, does somebody need some consultancy from us? Well, there's so much to go at. How do I start by selling our proposition from a business to business point of view? All well and good, but I'm not going to start there with what I've got to sell. I'm going to step one step back and I'm going to work out um, what my objectives are. So we work out our business objectives using a framework called OKRs. Now, these can work from a business to business point of view, and you can apply them to your brand. So they can be applied to brands or businesses. But OKRs are a Google framework that help us work out what our objectives are. And an objective would be a qualitative statement. And once we understand what our business objective is, we start to map out, well, how, what are the key results I can measure so what is a quantitative measurable against that objective? None of that really involves social, but why would I start a load of social media activity um, to support the marketing activity if I don't know what the business objectives were? So we map that out first. Then when it gets to the third step, we start mapping out, well, what initiatives do I need to do? What tactics do I need to deploy to make sure that my key results are hit? This is when we start talking about what needs to be done on social. And then finally, like any good framework, we've got to check in to make sure it works. So still not really here thinking about how I'm selling on social, but I'm starting by understanding what it is I need to achieve. So I'm only going to tell you guys one of our, our business objectives so the first one I'm going to give you just for context of my social selling strategy as a business we want to stand out in a commoditized marketplace so if this is our objective um, some of our key results so the OKR the key results well how do I know that I'm standing out in a commoditized marketplace well I'm going to generate more leads my conversion rate is going to increase and I'm going to sell x amount of the products that I've defined that I'm going to sell this quarter 
And I also know I'm going to do it because I'm going to stand out strategically by having a strategic resource or a lead tool to help my customers. So those are some of the things that I know I can measure. So with that in mind, I'm like, okay, so I know what I've got to achieve. I know how I'm going to do it. But who am I going to talk to? Because still I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've got these social channels. I've got thousands of people I could go for. I've got LinkedIn. I've got Twitter. I've got YouTube. I mean, Google. Where do I start? The next thing I do is actually look at, okay, well, who is it? Where do I need to fish for? If I'm going to throw my sales funnel net out there, how wide do I need to throw it? Is it a small net that's just capturing that? Actually, it'll be a big net for a while. But is it a small net that I'm actually saying I'm only going to capture a few people? Or am I going to put a big net out? So the reason we, we use fry tuna and whales is because for every 50 small fry that I need to capture my net, I probably only need one whale. But actually, what we're looking for is that sweet spot in the middle. We're looking for those tuners. We're looking for those customers that are right for us. And this will apply to, I'm sure, all brands and businesses. There are going to be customers that just aren't right for you. So it's finding out who you want to fish for. Um, and then we can have a look at where we want to fish. So to put some context around this, I'm going to introduce you to Mark. So Mark is my tuner. And um, I have worked with Mark for two years. He runs Bad Monday Clothing and I keep Mark in mind because um, he, I want to catch more Marks. He's my tuner. This is who I love to work with. He's a great fit for us. He needs our help. We know we can offer him great service and product. He's right in our sweet spot. So we print Mark out where we don't need to. Everyone knows who Mark is and we know that we're talking to our Marks. So keep Mark in mind, you know, he's an entrepreneur, he runs his own business, he's really creative, um, but he's going to have his pain points. He, he's got, you know, targets of his own, he needs to hit and he's going to have trouble with his team or whatever it may be. So we really get to understand who Mark is. So I know what I want to achieve. I know I've got some goals I've got to hit. I know who I'm fishing for. And I know it's somebody like Mark. I want to get more Marks. Now I'm going to take you through my seven tactics because to get Mark... I know I'm not just going to be able to message Mark on LinkedIn and be like, hey, Mark, do you need support with your SEO services or does your website convert how you want it to be? Because he's already told me that he hates LinkedIn because he gets 50 of those a day and he thinks it's a complete joke. You know, like, like mm, OK, you know, I know he's not going to be there. I need to actually put my, you know, my, my, my Mark hat on. Like, where is Mark and how am I going to reach him? We also know someone's not just going to see Kate once and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a new website from them. That looks fine. There's going to be seven on average touch points that they're going to take digital touch points or real life touch points that they're going to need with Kate before they buy from us. Um, so a little bit of marketing mix. Where is Mark? Where is he showing up? Um, he's probably doing a, a few of all of these things, but let's try not to do everything because we're going to get overwhelmed. Um, he's not on LinkedIn. He's on he's on Insta. So probably need to make sure I'm, I'm, we're there. We're doing some cool stuff on Instagram. He's definitely chatting to other brand owners. There's definitely some dark social happening. And what I mean by that is social media activity that we can't see. It's happening in WhatsApp. It's happening in Messenger. Could we even say Slack? There's those networks that are happening where those conversations are happening. Um, and he'll be searching. If he hears us about it, about like, oh, let's have a look, look, see what their reviews are like. So I'm, I'm getting a view here of where Mark is showing up. So once I've got that, I'm like, okay, so I need some marks. I don't need that many because I'm not 
you know, we're, we're not that big as a business, but I know I need to be really pointed. So I'm going to make my funnel really narrow. I'm not going to throw out a big net and do a huge, big advertising campaign because there's only going to be so many marks that I can reach. So um, we have two approaches, account-based marketing, where I'm like, these are the brands that I want to go for. And we do have a bit of a broad throw the net out marketing approach as well. So I'm going to go through account base first, and there's a couple of other tactics when we throw the net wider. So we choose who they are, we find out who they are, we, we make our list, there could be 5, 10, 15, 100 people, who is that hit list that we're going for, it's going to be di different for every business. The most important part is the hook. So I know I want to mark, but what does he actually care about? What value am I going to give him? Um, so we have a hook for Mark. The conversation, the conversion, the sale, not going to happen on social. So let's just park that. We've known that. But the re-engagement could. So making sure that we're keeping him happy could happen on social. So I've now got my plan. I know where Mark is. I know I've got some ideas of what I'm going to do. So what I'm now going to show you guys is seven the seven touch points. So what do we do? How do we sell on social? Um, I'm going to work back up the funnel just because it made a little bit more sense for me to present it to you guys. So once Mark's a customer and our other customers are customers, there's some stuff we want to do to keep them happy. So they share that bottom of the funnel activity and they get more tuners back in. We send people a cake. This cake was actually sent to us, but we send people a cake. And you might think, well, that's not social. But the chances are, if you get a cake, you're going to share it on your social channels. So, yeah, it's offline to online. They get a cake. Um, if they're good, they get an ambassador card. Or if they're a partner of the business, we send them something that makes them feel like a VIP. Again, it's a conversation starter. It might be happening through dark social. These conversations are happening. We also send everybody a retail calendar. Um, it's printed, it arrives in a tube, it's an experience, it might get shared on LinkedIn, et cetera. So there's tactics that are happening that you think, oh, that is still social selling. It's still earned media happening through social. One step back up the funnel, we have a couple of lead tools. We ask people to download a white paper to find out how much a website costs, or if they want to, we'll do an audit of a little bit of their brand for them. Um, again, not happening on social, but this is the key hook that we're using to create the rest of our social content further up the funnel. So we've got some great lead tools that we're sharing with people. And if they arrive on the page and they leave, we are um, uh, doing what we say we do for our brands and um, practicing what we preach and we're retargeting them with an ad. So we've got a lovely creative ad that um, retargets people to bring them back to the site. So again, it's like very subtle social selling, but it's reminding people that we're there and that runs for 30 days after they visited our website. One step up the funnel, um, like I said, we've got those lead tools to talk about. We can be sharing that content through social. We can be boosting that content or using it in advert campaigns. But right, right, right at the top of the funnel, there's some other activity that happens. So here's another three tactics that we use that aren't necessarily driven through social, but earned media worthy. So we send people a calendar. So um, we have a 
hit list and we really want to work with them and we really want to add value, we send them a free calendar. We send postcards out with cool case studies and campaigns we've done with a view that it's quite a nice thing. They might put it in their wall. Um, a lot of them are about Birmingham as well. So it's heroing the city that we live in. We also have a couple of podcasts that like James mentioned that we run. So actually, like, is there something that we think could be useful for them on our podcast or could we invite them on our podcast? Um, so you're seeing now we're building a bit of a picture that I'm not selling, but I'm contacting people uh, with a reason. And each one of them, every mark that we reach out to, we've researched them and made sure we understand what would be useful for them. Top, top, top of the funnel, more tactics that roll out through social, but none of this is really branded too cakey or as far our services. Um, we run events and we talk on events and we talk on webinars. So actually what I'm doing today is social selling. I'm giving you guys all this value, but all the chatter that's been happening on LinkedIn and through my own social channels, because I've shared this opportunity, is also really helping at the top of the funnel. So I feel like there's more than seven touch points there, right? There are seven things that could be happening before someone feels confident to sell with us. Those are all, in my mind, outreach tactics or quite um, pointed tactics. From a D to C point of view, or where if you wanted to throw your net wider, you can do that as well. But I think we need to know that if we've got a, a fat sales funnel, there's going to be a lot more in it. There's a lot more to deal with. And there's a lot more qualification that needs to happen to make sure that you, you, you're weeding people out and you're still focusing on, on your funnel. So the, the broad funnel, the fat funnel still works the same, but to have a fatter funnel or reach more people at the top, you need to spend a bit more time in that awareness stage. So rather than your account-based marketing targeting certain people, this is when we would start using broad advertising techniques through social. We still like to link it back to our campaign. So we have two um, campaigns running that are reaching targeted audience, but they are still driving people to that useful content. It is still asking people if they'd like a free audit and it's still speaking to people about, do you even know how much a website costs? We can give that information for free. So even though it's top of the funnel, it's still useful. Another broad tactic and something that me and James debate whether we talk about in this is LinkedIn and LinkedIn automation. I think there is a place for this, but only used strategically and if it's part of that broader campaign that we just ran through, if it's part of your activity, then, then fine. An example of this could be um, Chris, who is our founder and CEO, is already a thought leader and he already runs a podcast. He would be looking to connect with um, other chairmen and other thought leaders or other people that are running podcasts to connect with them and ask them if they wanted to engage or be in the podcast. That feels still like more of a narrow pointed approach rather than perhaps what we are all struggling with in 2023 where you get 50 a day and you just delete 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 so i have heard of some success using these platforms but please bear in mind if you are going to use this as your broad brush approach or your fat funnel approach that it is still adding value and for a purpose um I'm going to speed up a little bit because um, I, I know I probably whittled on a little bit. Uh, another another thing from a social point of view is um, 
we create content or rich content that we're qualifying people at the same time. So this video lives on our website and we also use it in some of our top of funnel um, ads uh, because a tuner or a mark might look at this and be like, yeah, this looks like the right brand for me because they are creating work that feels right for me. So don't shy away from showcasing your work because it will resonate, resonate with your customer if they're right for you. Um, not going to dwell on this, but underpinned because I'm a good marketer, there's a media plan. So all of those good tactics and all that lovely creative is underpinned um, by a plan. So you'll see on here some of those things I talked about, stage of the funnel, which OKR does it support, who is the audience, um, how much are we spending, what are we expecting to get, get from this. And I haven't put it in here, but this social media plan should also, it also underpins your wider marketing plan. So we're talking about social media, so I've already added this in, but it should play into a broader marketing plan, not just by, not just on social. So a few final thoughts. I've taken you through social selling and social commerce. I've then laid it all out and said, this is how we sell on social. Um, I'm hoping that it was interesting and there are some, even if it's just interesting to see what someone else is doing, but I thought I'd just finish off in case anybody has joined us today to listen about direct to consumer sales. I just added a few other quick rules. But um, my main takeaway is a lot of that is, is relevant. A lot of the theory and the approach should work, whether you're selling to a person or you're selling to a business. Because at the, set, at the end of the day, when I really dug into this, the same rules apply. I wouldn't call myself a B2B marketer. We work with direct to consumer clients, but actually the more I thought about it, it's still the same. I won't dwell on this because, you know, this isn't what we're here today to talk about, but it is, you still have to understand who they are, their pain points, what the right messaging is, how you're going to segment your audience, which channels they're in, how are you going to reach them? It's the same theory that applies. Um, this is an example here from some creative from some of the direct consumer brands that we work with. But I'd say what I've just taken you through from a B2B point of view, it, it follows the same. They just can transact um, and check out directly in the platforms. And at the end of the day, whoever you're selling to, they're still a human whatever you're selling they're a human so a day in the life of our mark or this one is a day in the life of emily this doesn't matter if it's a b2b or a d2c campaign it's still emily she's got a job she might have to do you know she might it doesn't matter um and her day is going to be the same whether you're selling to her from b2b or d2c she's still going to have to be picking up those kids or she'll still be going home and scrolling through her instagram so don't just consider traditional b2b channels if you are selling um, from a social selling point of view. Um, I also couldn't talk about it without talking about the numbers. Social selling from a D to C point of view, it's a numbers game. It really is. So your creative can be absolutely incredible, but if the numbers don't add up, it's not worth it. So if you are choosing to sell through social, you really need to consider what your budget is, how many people you're reaching, what it's costing to click, get them to click and to convert and work that all backwards. 
Um, I, the more I thought about this as well, I thought the same applies from a business to business point of view. You still need to have a look at what that cost per acquisition needs to look like or what that cost per purchase is going to be and work all your numbers back from that, because that will show you um, how far you can throw your net and how many people you can reach. James reminded me of this and I thought, yeah, this is absolutely so true. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. So in terms of your creative and the channels you're in, um, just because you can uh, advertise in uh, Snapchat or TikTok, should you be there? And if you are going to be there, it should be because your prospects are there or your customers are there. And most importantly, your ad content needs to be tailored uh, to look native in the platform that it's in because how your ad shows up in TikTok is going to be completely to how it looks, needs to look on Instagram. Um, and I could do a whole webinar on that, which I won't, but it's a final reminder. Final reminder as well that you can start, sell and still be useful. So from a direct consumer point of view, just because you can reach people and show them your products doesn't mean that it goes straight from here's my product, buy it. There's that middle piece, that that consideration piece where as a brand or a business you can still be useful and there's lots of cool functionality now across all the social networks that really helps you engage and, and um, engage with your potential customers um, and yeah engage them with your brand I've got dry mouth I'm there I think I've covered a lot of ground so my last slide is just my wrap up um, I've done as much as I can in 30 minutes or however long I've been. I don't know everything. Loads of people know loads more than me. So I've put some of my useful resources that I would use here. Um, we've looked at social commerce, social selling. It's not the same thing. It's about engaging people and building relationships. One of them you check out on the platform, one you don't. The business to business side, it's about the relationships, relationships, relationships. You do not sell. They will come to you if you add value. Social is just the channel, it's just the platform, the strategy stays the same. So uh, do not think channel first, think about your strategy, your OKRs, your audience, and then think about how you tactically deploy that through the channels afterwards. I've said the same. So make sure that you're choosing the right platforms for your customer. Where are they? Don't do it all yourself. I didn't talk about this too much, but that earned media if you're not right for your audience or your message will sit better with a relevant creator who has permission to talk about it, then utilize them. It doesn't have to be through your organic um, socials, work with others. My final, final thought is social media should be like human conversation. Well, I know I've done a one-way conversation today, but me and James go out for um, lunch. I don't talk 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 and talk and um and then leave it's the same when you talk when you're having those conversations in social two ears and one mouth so talk but make sure you're listening to what people are saying and have those two-way conversations and that's me that's my final thought thank you so much for listening everybody brilliant thank you Kirsty. i was um <clears throat> i was putting in the chat like that's a lie she does uh, she does just talk and talk and talk as you can imagine <laughs> thank you um, do you want to stop sharing your slides and I'll, uh, I'll ask some of the, uh, some of the questions. Um, it was, it's really interesting. I've got, 
I'd written down like the seven touch points, I think is a brilliant reminder, like mm -hmm. the amount of times that you go, oh, I've got this great thing, this great message, and you send it out, and you don't get the results you want, and you and you become frustrated with your, with your campaign, and you maybe do it two or three times and then give up, but actually, you know, having seven touch points is, is quite a lot. Um, and it reminds me of that book that we were talking about that I read years and years ago by uh, by Gary Vaynerchuk, of all people, oh. uh, of jab, 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 right hook. It's, yeah. you know, it's about delivering value over a long period of time um, and slowly sort of building them into your into your network. So super, super useful. Um, one of the one of the first questions we've got is a really simple one to answer uh, is how do how do people get involved with Social Circle? Oh, that's nice. Um, so Social Circle is taking a three month hi hiatus. So I, I can't say here's the link to our next event. Um, as you know, James, I've, I'm going to have a little bit of time off work, but um, we'll be back. So I'd say please bear with and stay in touch. We are on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn as our core channels. We're not everywhere because... I didn't want to do everything. I chose my channels wisely. So please just keep, um, yeah, keep in touch. And I share all the information about the events on my LinkedIn as well. So please follow us on those channels. And then our next event will be in over the summer. So Q3, Q4 will be the next Social Circle event. And it's really good. And they actually have enough beer for, for everybody, unlike uh, when I was building. Um, uh, quick question from Laura. Uh, how do you think uh, privacy concerns will impact social commerce? Oh, well, it already is. Um, oh, um, it's already impacting social commerce. But I mean, the iOS update that happened last, I think was it last year, I lose track of my years, was it 21 or 22, had a huge impact on Meta. But Meta are um, looking for a resolution with that. Um, it's a little bit of a technical one that one of my team will be able to talk about in a lot better detail than I will be able to. But I think the revenue loss from Meta because of the iOS updates has forced their entire team I think, to focus on how do they get around this. So there are things that are happening to make sure people can get around it. I know Shopify as well are looking at Shopify audiences where if you are a Shopify merchant, a Shopify store owner, you'll be able to opt in to share your data with other Shopify store owners. So it becomes like a pool of data that is um, uh, that is relevant just for Shopify merchants. So there are, are a couple of things that the big technology providers are coming back with. Um, but yeah, it's going to get more and more difficult, but that's why I think then you've got to try harder and not rely so much just on social media and make sure you're not putting all your eggs in one basket and you're being seen across the, all of those touch points from a paid, owned and earned point of view. That's brilliant. Um, Alex is asking about uh, how you, obviously, you know, obviously it's a, a passion of yours and you're, you're reading lots of things and, and, and learning. He's... Uh, he or she, sorry, uh, is asking uh, how you uh, stay up to date on social media platforms sort of changes and trends. Where, where do you get your info from? Oh, I think so. Batten Hall is a really good resource to look at. They send a daily WhatsApp with all of the new things that are happening. So they're great if you want to know day to day what's happening. Um, there's nothing like 
doing it yourself so I can read everything that's happening and I and I keep up with a lot of news and try and then run social circle to tell everybody it's happening but it isn't actually really sinking until you do it so although I'm like agency director here at Cake and I've got an awesome team who look after the clients and deploy the campaigns I still like to run Cake Agencies Marketing or I run Social Circle just because if I'm not doing the do it is so difficult to stay up to date with what's happening so I'd say even if you're doing it through your personal brand or there's a small passion project you've got keep your hands in the platforms because they do change and the best way to do it is being it. Yeah that's uh, I completely agree with that like I have something that's completely not related to marketing and video um more to do with cycling and it's you know on YouTube and I get to just learn make all my mistakes and you start to spot things when you're uploading videos and you go oh hang on that's a and then you can give that kind of advice to your to clients um I would give a shout out to our uh, our friend Andy Lambert as well who works for Adobe um he is prolific with the kind of updates that he gives on TikTok and he's and, amazing and, yeah so yeah, he's, you know, that's, that's a right. resource um yeah. So from uh, somebody anonymous, uh, how do you demonstrate the ROI of social media and social selling when the purchase time is very long, e.g. buying a house slash car? Okay, so what was that? How do you attribute? So, uh, yeah, how, do, how can you kind of track the ROI or can, can you do that up for something like a house or a car on a, on a big purchase? I don't have any, I've never sold a house for a car, so I can't claim to know the length of that selling cycle. Um, my direct consumer experience is definitely more in a, a, a lower price point. So um, yeah. I, I, I don't know, but I think, well, it would be the same as how you'd attribute it if it was not so, social media. Um, but I'm, it's, a really, it's a really difficult one. I think sometimes you have to look at one core you have to trust one platform. Okay, so let's take Google Analytics because all the social platforms will have their, their own way of reporting. But if you want that single point of truth, pick that one platform. I know there's lots of cool attribution platforms out there and we've tested a number of them. But actually, single point of truth, take Google Analytics. It's last click. I think you have to be comfortable in the knowledge that um, you do need that range of tactics happening. Um but it's having that one number. So we we track marketing cost of sale as our golden kind of number from, from a B2B or a D2C point of view. How much money am I spending and how much revenue am I creating? So marketing cost of sale is marketing your total total revenue divided by the amount you're spending on, on, your, on your marketing spend. It's your true ROI. So we track that on a weekly basis. All of the other channels will be playing their part. Um, so it is measuring those. But sometimes you just have to understand the theory and know that you're going to need to do a bit of top of the funnel awareness activity because yeah. you'll still soon be able to start plugging that funnel. You'll yeah, still be so able to... It's really, it's really yeah. interesting. So I work with uh, some house builders and, you know, like we might put a video on about the new show home, which will get people to come down and visit the new show home. But then making that link between them coming to the show home and mm. the video that they've watched or like it's 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 very hard and the reality is things like builders spend the majority of their marketing budgets on uh right move because that's where people are looking for houses and that's where they can then you know say oh well, the lead came from right move and therefore you know that's where we need to spend our money the reality is you know you talked about the seven touch points there's yeah. all this stuff that goes with it which is brand 
uh, that's that's built in order to to sell the home in the first place. So it's yeah. a, it's a hard one. Attribution is um, is definitely a tricky one. But I like the yeah. I like the way you divide that down. Yeah, and from the B two B point of view, I will just tell you it's actually James that um, we had somebody get in contact with us um, recently because they saw an email that I sent them. But she was like, "Oh, I recognised your name because I saw you speak at the marketing meetup." Yes. So I was like, Seven <laughs> in action, and I was like, "There we go." And that was two years later that she was like, "I recognised your name." I looked up on LinkedIn and realised I remembered that you did a talk. It's interesting. So actually, two years later is now having an impact. Yeah. Every time I get invited to do something amazing like this, and you're like, God, I'm nervous. It's going to be awful. I'm like, well, actually, it is salad. It, it, it does work. It just is really hard to measure. So we'll, we'll invite you back in uh, in two years' time and, uh, and see yes. how many hours ago at the webinar. Um, so Fiona's got, we've only got a few minutes left, but Fiona's got a question. Uh, how are you able to split up purchases from organic and paid or what's come through from organic originally, but maybe gone back via the site or in-store? uh when there are multiple agencies on the account everyone's trying to claim the sale uh so you know they want to attribute accurately like is it is it accurate or is it a case of like everyone just claims their their part of the pie i think it goes back to that attribution i think from the offset you need to work out the agency whoever is the core key stakeholder from your client side, I think that needs to be agreed, doesn't it? Everyone needs to measure in the same way. Um, we're lucky, touch wood, that a, a lot of the size of the, the, the brands that we work with, that um, we look after the, the whole piece. So we, we don't often get caught in, in that fight. Um, but I can imagine that it's quite difficult. Um, whoever, sorry, James, I missed the name of that person, but... Um, uh -huh. Yeah, sorry, I've, 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 oh, hang on. It might be one to follow yeah. me on email and I'll put you in touch with um, Katie, who will have a much better answer to me of how, of how we're tracking, especially organic and unpaid. Cool. Okay. So. Yeah. If you, oh, there she says, okay, fab. Thank you. Cool. Okay. Um. So which the social, this is Natasha uh, is asking, which the social commerce platforms you find most successful and I guess this is depends on, on which client but yes. if you're forced by yes. resource to choose one which would it be and which e-commerce platforms sync best in your experience e.g Shopify WooCommerce great question and I do have an answer for that um if I broad brush had to pick one I'd pick Meta so Meta allows you to split your budget across Instagram, um, Facebook and Messenger because um, Meta owns all of those. Meta is by far, I think, the most advanced um, in terms of that the targeting and the, the options that you get and um, it's still and it likely to be still be the biggest audience unless for instance you are speaking to a, I don't know a subset of um potentially like a younger audience and you know that they're on TikTok or um you feel your brand or business would work in TikTok but I think if you're starting out I would choose Meta and I would choose Shopify they sync with each other it's really easy to set it all up um and it's a great place to start Shopify do um like a starter um package as well so it is really easy to get set up for not very much money per month and then obviously linking that to meta is free if you've got a facebook page so that's where yeah, i'd start uh, okay one more question just before we finish up uh kim waters asked uh, i've noticed more and more small local businesses not using hashtags in their social media and yet still getting great likes engagement on their post is this a new big trend or a big mistake 
which is it on linkedin uh, or does it just say social just on social media so um i wouldn't use any hashtags on facebook unless you wanted competition entries or something like that um i think instagram and linkedin there's still a place but use them sparingly and um either use them because it's a campaign that you're running and you want to be able to measure the impact of how many times that hashtag is being used or use them because there's a trend that you recognize and you feel permission to be part of that trend so i say there's still a place for hashtags why not but why not just make your content really good right yeah yeah no, that's brilliant well that's great well we've we've pretty much uh we've pretty much run out of time but um but thank you everybody for coming thank you Kirsty, for your amazing advice make sure you go and uh connect with Kirsty afterwards uh she's she's a brilliant person to uh, to have in your life um but also if you can go and thank our sponsors that would mean the world to me and joe and also uh just go and tell everybody about what we're doing here and uh so we can get more people along next time Thank <laughs> you.